This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Like always, thank you so much for joining us. We got one more week. What, Thanksgiving is pretty much now, this week coming up. Please be safe. Please be safe. Please be safe. If you missed last week's show, I want you to log on to blogtalkradio.com. Log on to the Father Matters website. Check our Facebook page. We had Jessica Robinson of Jessica's Operation Orange. Jessica shared her testimony of the consequences of drinking and driving. What happened to her? What steps she had to take? Where she, you know where she ended up to where she is now. Please go back to last week's show. You'll hear Jessica's complete testimony. Also, you can go to Jessica's website at Jessica's J-E-S-S-I-C-A apostrophe S Operation Orange. Jessica's Operation Orange dot com. You'll hear her story, her testimony, everything about her ministry. But what we're going to do right now is hear from Jessica about her ministry Jessica's Operation Orange. Jessica, thank you so much for coming back again another week. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for sharing that information. We are going to take it from step two. We're not even going to go back into the last week. If you haven't heard it, you listen to it, especially after you hear this week's show. You're going to want to hear about it. What is Jessica's Operation Orange and why? So, um, as you know, last show ended, I got seven years in prison. Um, So when I got there... I just saw that so many people had no no one to help them out Um, and their stories in their lives before were sometimes awful compared to mine and it really honestly made me appreciate what I had Mm -hmm. Um, you know it it's humbling and you know it taught you humility uh, being in prison but I wanted to help somehow, and I kind of was doing that before, you know, telling people my story and, you know, but I got in there and I was like, you know what, it's here, I, it's raw, I need to write this story. So I did. I sat down in my cell that day. The first day you got in prison? Um, I think it was like the first first week or so. Uh-huh, I mean, because we had already kind of talked about making a website. I have a good friend that's a web designer, and, and I was like, you know, but I wasn't ready to write it. At the time. But at the same time, were you ready for your new home? <laughs> what was that like when you, like, they transport you in the bus, I assume? Uh, yeah, they, they take you from uh, Australia uh, County Jail, and they take you to, to Perryville. Um, that's the only female prison in Arizona. Uh-huh. And what was that like when you got off that bus? Um, Seriously. Dusty? No, no, no. It was very, it's just the dirt. There's just dirt. That's all I could see. That and barbed wire fences, you know. And, of course, you've never been there. You don't know where you're going. And you're just being told where to go, not you know, not knowing anything. Um, Did you have any issues with any of the other inmates when you first got there? Um, I didn't, know. I'd actually had, you know, people help me mm-hmm. before going. I ran across... It was by happen chance my mother knew someone that said, hey, you know, we know this family. Their daughter had the same thing happen to her. So for months and months prior to my incarceration, we would go and we would talk to them. And they would, you know, talk to us about 
this is what's going to happen. This is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. And I would often talk to the girl. She, I, she would call sometimes, and I could talk to her who was in prison, and she gave me the best advice she could, you know, with the limited 15-minute phone calls. I understand. <laughs> so you were being coached. I was. mentored on basically on what to expect on how to be received in prison. Yeah, they don't have a prison for dummies book. Maybe you they see, do now, but you, you know. <laughs> so you got in there and you said, I'm just going to write my story. You didn't get in there fooling around. You didn't join no gangs. You didn't get in none of that nonsense. No. You got right in there and you said what? I just, I wanted to help these other women. And not only that, but help other people outside of it to realize that, like I said, this can happen to anybody. And so I sat and I wrote my story and it just kind of developed. And then I started writing about my time in there. I wrote these letters home and my mom saved them. And she says, you know what? People should read these things. People should read what's going on in there. What is it like? You know, um, so that's what I did. And your family would come visit you often? Almost every weekend, um, you know, they'd come visit me. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I said, it's so sad. Some of these people, they have nobody. They don't get one piece of mail. You know, they don't no get visits. no visits, no, not even a birthday card. I Nothing said, on their books. I said, yeah, no money. I said, how can how can somebody not get a birthday card? There's got to be somebody out there. And so my mom said, you know what? We need to help in other ways, too. Not just share your story about what happened to you, but we need to help people in there because they need help. And what did she say? What did you do? What 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 what, what did that? What happened? She, what was that? Yeah, so she she's like, okay, well, you know what? I told her about one of my friends. I said, you know what? She doesn't have anybody. She needs her birthday's coming up. Mom's oh. like, okay, so you know what? We're gonna have grandma and aunt and you know my friend. We're gonna like send her birthday cards. All of us. I said, that's kind of weird, don't you think? They don't know who you are. They know me. She's like, well, let's do it. At least you'll get some mail. I said, oh, all right, cool. So my friend, I remember her name, Tina. She got those birthday cards, and she was ecstatic. She was like, I've never gotten birthday cards in here. And she's doing 18 years, you know. And she was so excited. She loved them. She hung them up on her, yeah. you know, on her bulletin board and yeah. loved it. And it just grew. And it made people happy. So my mom said, it's the Sunshine Club. And, and it just hit me what you just said about Tina when she said no one ever sent her anything. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and, and, you, and you listen to that, and you realize it's even deeper than that because— what kind of love did she get before she even went inside? Right. Yeah, I know. It, and, and it was awful. It, it's heartbreaking to hear these stories. And they were so open about it, too. It's like, you know, most people don't want to share their dark sides. Sure. But I think, honestly, that's all they know. And yeah. that's all they have to share, you know. And I wanted to hopefully bring some light to that darkness mm-hmm. in that place. And while you were in there... Share it with me. You 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 went to school. Did you you worked? Um, yeah. I mean, what were you doing in there? I worked. Um, for the first couple of years, I actually worked for a call center. Um, you know, at Televerde. It's a great organization. They started it inside the prison. Yeah, Jim Hooker started it. He's the CEO, and it's wonderful because it gives women opportunities who have never had a job outside a normal regular job a chance to grow within a company and not only that but when you get out you have an opportunity to work for them at the corporate location in Tempe and they help with housing and you know clothes and anything and if you don't get a job there they help you get a job somewhere else and it's retention so you save money in an account so when I walked out I had almost over ten thousand dollars with me so it's a great opportunity to learn great skills 
and you know. And tell me about school. You got a degree. Tell me about your degree. Yep, I went. They have Rio Salado Community College there. I applied for scholarships, and I had had a lot of college courses already prior to being incarcerated. And I finished up. I I finished up two associates. Actually, I got my uh, liberal arts and also my uh, computer science degree, and did paralegal uh, degree, but that was through a different program mm-hmm. outside of the prison. I applied for. And see, and we, because like you said, when things happen to us, we can get bitter or we can get better. Yep. And you went in there and hit the ground running. You and your mom, what's your mom's name? Jeannie. Jeannie's listening to the show. Hi, Miss Jeannie. (laughs) You and your mom started your ministry. Yep. Jessica's Operation Orange. You went to school. You worked. It goes all the way back to what your mom said over 20 months ago before you were sentenced. Yep. That following Monday, she said, you're going to do what? She said, you're going to get up. You're going to go to work. You're going to go to school. Life doesn't stop. And 20 months later, you're sentenced, you're in jail, you're going to get up, you're going to go to school, you're going to work, because life doesn't stop. That's right. So your mom was ministering to you mm-hmm. and letting you know you got to keep it moving. Yep. You've got to keep it moving. What you did is not who you are. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, uh, you understand that? Yep. Jessica, and, 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 and what you did, you used this time. To start Jessica's Operation Orange. So after you and your mom helped out Tina, that that lift that you and your mom got, what was the next thing that you guys did to lead up to Jessica's Operation Orange? Um, you know, kind of like it was a snowball effect. So we started with the cards, and then it grew. More people. Mom started emailing people. Um, now we have a large church that actually, um, Red Mountain uh, Methodist, I believe, um, they that's the church in uh, Mesa they started sending cards and then they started to collect money to help pay for GEDs in there um, they've paid for so many girls who couldn't afford it to yes. get GEDs um, we sent over 1500 Christmas cards one year just to the prison alone to women who didn't get Christmas cards it wasn't just birthday cards condolences cards um, you know congratulations cards for achievements that women got so how how, how did you know out of the, out of the fifteen hundred women, who I want to send this to this person, this to that person, this is their address, and how did you do all that? Because you had to be the middle person for that, right? Pretty it's, much, or no? It started that way. Um, you know, I'd say, oh, hey, so and so, his birthday coming up. Give mom their DOC number and you know their housing location, the birthday. And then other girls would start writing to Jessica's Operation Orange saying, hey, my birthday's coming up, or so-and-so's birthday, because we already had the website up at this point. Je- but it was <laughs> Jessica's Operation Orange? Yeah. And did you have to get clearance? What, what did you have to go through to, to get this okayed and to sit down and respond on the computer? Were you able to do No, no, that? I didn't respond anything on the computer. This was all, it was, it was all snail mail. Okay. So, you know, girls would get the cards with the address, and then they would start passing them out. So they're writing my mom, and um, then we have this huge database. It's all a few months later, we've got a database of all these women who we know the dates and birthdays. <laughs> we cannot get all this in this show, mm-hmm. just like last week's show. Mm-hmm. I want you to go to Jessica's Operation Orange dot com. You're going to hear all. You're going to be able to read all the information, how she got it started, how you can get in touch with her, how you can get support when you're going through this. We're going to go into the commercial break. And after this commercial break, Jessica, you're going to share a story of a young lady who's basically reliving what you lived through. Okay. We're listening to the Father Matters Show with Van Sims, and today's guest is Jessica Robinson, and we'll be back after this.
Hey, Father Matters Show family. Will you show us some love? We want the Father Matters Show to be your community and family resource program by providing you right now answers for right now issues. Become a Father Matters Show champion by liking Father Matters on Facebook. If you miss us Saturday night, log on to blogtalkradio.com, soundcloud.com, or fathermatters.org and share the Father Matters Show with your friends and family. Thank you. Welcome back to the Father Matters Show. Even during the commercial break, we was chopping it up. Jeremy, how you doing over there, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. This is an amazing story. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing. This has been a great couple shows. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Just powerful. We've done close to 200 shows now. And just every once in a while, Jeremy, we get that that, that show, that guest that's just like, because this is so deep, man. I mean, Thanksgiving is here now. People are thinking about parties. People are thinking about having fun and taking time off from work. And we don't know the slightest mistake, that, 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 that one misfire, you know? And I think I heard you guys talk about it earlier. There's nowadays, again, back then, it's, we have Uber, we have Lyft with a button on your phone. You can have somebody come get you. So there's no excuse. No excuse at all. If you're, if you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show and last week's show at fathermatters.org. Catch the archive show nationally. Look, catch the show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by logging on to blogtalkradio.com and catch our archive shows anytime at soundcloud.com. We winding it down two weeks here. And, and, and again, listen to last week's show. Go back to the top of this show. Uh, and, and Jessica's going to share two more things. I want to know more about how did the momentum start with Operation Jessica, and then I want you to share a little bit about someone who is going through exactly the same age, the same uh, incident, the same... Oh, we Tell me more about Operation Orange. How did the momentum start? Yeah, like I was saying, you know, it just started with the cards and then my story... And other families were reaching out to my mom who were going through the same thing. And she was able to help them through that. It's a hard process. Um, not just women, but men as well. Yeah. And and then people were, you know, just contacting her constantly. And girls, like I said before, who had nobody in there, a lot of times they would just have no one when they got out either. So they needed someone to pick them up, help them get housing. And our system doesn't allow, you know, doesn't have any help for that. So... Mom started to pick up women along with her friends, get them housing, clothes, transportation, try to help them get jobs because normally they just let you out. If you don't have any place to go, they let you out at Desert Sky Mall, you know, from the bus. Yeah. And then, you know, get going. And and, and, and bet with each other how soon you'll be back. They're going to see you again. Right. Yeah. I mean, there needs a better system to help them when they get out. Just instead of putting them on the side of the road. You touched, you and your mom and your ministry, Jessica's Operation Orange, touched hundreds of women when you were in there, and you're still touching uh, women now and people. And tell us a little bit about Allie's story. Um, so I actually had a friend uh, who I was incarcerated with who contacted me when she got out. Uh, she had spoke to her sister on many occasions about me and my story. Mm-hmm. She lives in Kentucky. Um, she owns an insurance company, and um, one of their clients came in and had the accident as well. It was a 23-year-old girl. This was recent? Uh, this was November of 2016. Mm. So she said, hey, you know, I think it would be really good if you 
could get her in touch with this family in Kentucky. She's 23, never been in trouble, uh, so they're facing something horrific, and you know what it's like. So I reached out to them and emailed her. You reached out to the family? Uh, well, Allie specifically. I emailed her, and I didn't hear back for a long time. Okay. But I knew she wasn't ready because I wasn't ready to talk about it at first either with anybody. I understand. And then I finally got the email. And it's been probably four, four or five months now because it was about two or three months before I finally heard from her. Wow. And we've been corresponding and talking, and I've been preparing her. And she actually, this past Friday, went into custody. And she got seven years just like I did. Mm-hmm. And so it's been real and raw for me. And I've been thinking about my journey a lot. And... You know. When you say you've been thinking about your journey a lot because of that phone call since then? No, just I know what she's I know what she's going through, you know, she's, that that first moments when they take you into those handcuffs and when you're in there and you're being processed and that feeling of just being at your lowest level and having no freedom. I I know that feeling. I know every thought she's going through. So I've continued to keep in touch with her mom and her, trying to write her and give her the encouragement she needs. But she reminds me a lot of myself, you know, at that age. She's 25 now. She was 23 when it happened. And and she's about to start her seven years. Right, yeah. And I I know she's strong, you know. she's She's got it. And I've given her every advice, you know, that I was told before I went in and everything that I've learned, I've hopefully that can help her through her journey. And because of this week's show and next week's show, you know, people are going to be reaching out to you from all over the country. And and, and uh, what advice can you tell someone that experienced the same thing you experienced and now Allie is experiencing? I think this is goes back to when I first went in the cell. I was in 23-hour lockdown my first couple weeks, and I could get mail, but and I had you no phone were calls. in jail or in prison? In prison. So I just 23-hour lockdown? Yeah, we just got out for meals and an hour for rec. So that's the first couple weeks. It's called receiving an assessment. So everybody goes there? Yeah, everybody. No matter the crime? Yeah, exactly. So... My mom could send me mail, but I had no other correspondence. And I remember she sent me some puzzle pages. And I was in a cell by myself the first couple of days. I didn't have a cellmate. And the first puzzle I did it was this thing to figure out a quote. I don't know exactly. It's called Quote Drops. And when I figured that quote out and looked at it, I thought, this is a sign. And this is what it said. It said, I may not have gone where I intended to go, but I think I ended up where I intended to be. By Douglas Adams, and say, say that one more time. I may not have gone where I intended to go, but I think I ended up where I intended to be. And I still have that quote today. It's framed next to my bed, mm-hmm. and it gave me hope that you know what I'm meant to be here in some crazy twisted way. Mm-hmm. And it gave me hope that you know what I got this, and I'm not just going to sit here and waste away in this place. And I'm not going to let other people do it either. So I think that's the advice I give somebody because we're always, whether in prison or not, I think a lot of times we're always like, what am I doing? Where am I at? But just, you know, everywhere you go, there you are. You're right where you need to be. 
every moment of every day. And you mentioned your parents a lot in both week shows and your mom a lot. Right now, what would you say to your mom? Because, see, when you were gone, your mom was gone. She was, yep. Your, when you were gone, your sister was gone. Your yep. dad was gone. Yep. Is your sister older or younger? Uh, she's four years younger. Oh, uh, yeah. so that affected her Yeah. in a way. And But right now, what would you say to your mom? Because your mom was putting it in. She was, <laughs> yeah. What would you say to her? Um, well, it's, there's so much to say. I mean, I'm so grateful for everything they've done. I, I could never repay them. But I think if there's a mother out there, just like Allie's mom, that you're scared, you're wondering what's going to happen to your baby girl or your boy that's going away, that your support and love and understanding is most important. And by understanding that we're going to go through some things that you're not going to understand, but just accepting that, that's the best thing because... No one really knows what it's like unless you've been in there. Yeah. Um, so I think I just that's a hard that's a hard question, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so much to it. So. And that's OK. And, and you said something you said, unless you've really been through it, you know, and I was sharing with you off the air and uh, just God's got a mighty, mighty ministry inside of you that is just going to grow and it's going to be huge and it's not about it's you're not doing it by crowd you're going to be doing it by purpose and it's going to be one alley at a time one jessica at a time and you're going to have setbacks you but you are set up to be exactly where you're going and that's what i love about the whole thing of the father matter show you know you don't but people a lot of people know my ministry i started father matters out of my pain Mm -hmm. 22 years old at the time. I wasn't married to my son's mom. Um, It was one of those situations. She told me, hey, if we can't be together as a family, you can't be a father to your son, my oldest son, Nathan. Mm -hmm. I grew up without my dad. I wasn't going to have that. Five, six years, Jessica, I'm in and out of the court system, paying thousands of dollars, going to parenting classes. Everything is, is a cost. And I started Father Matters 20 years ago. I was 27 years old. In my friend's studio apartment with a pack of chocolate chip cookies, four kitchen chairs, and a pot of coffee. This is back in San Jose, California. Because when I said earlier, we're either going to get bitter or we're going to get better. And now fast forward it. It's, it's 20 years later. Nathan is now 20. He will, he will be 27. Well, he's just turned 27 years old. Um, he graduated from Sacramento State University. I'm friends with his mom, friends with her husband. It wasn't always like that. But... When I was going through those times, I felt alone. I I filed bankruptcy. I had two cars repossessed. I was this young kid not understanding why am I fighting to be a father to this child so much. But I did not know that God was setting me up to be doing what I'm doing now. You know, and we can turn we can turn our mess into a message. And your mess is a powerful message. Jessica, I'm so proud of you. I'm thankful for you, uh, what your mom is doing, your ministry, Jessica's Operation Orange, and some of the some things that we're going through. People really don't know each other's testimony. We don't know what people are going through. 
but you are about to be used in a mighty, mighty way. And I feel it. And I'm thankful for you. I'm glad to be your friend and talk to that one person who's now out and they feel with this last little 35 seconds, they, they feel lost. Like you said, they'd drop you off anywhere if you don't have a place to come. What would you say to them? You know, it's, there's, there's help, there's places, you know, talk to somebody, anybody, you know, reach out, you know, don't give up because, you know, there are ways, there's better ways than going backwards and going back to that place. Nothing's worse than that place. Just know that, that your worst day out here. Yeah. Oh, what's this quote? <laughs> I forget, but it's, right. it's, it's, you know, your worst day in prison is, you know, just think it's, about it, that. It, it's almost like the saying, your worst day with God is better than your ber- best day without God. Yeah, that's you, the you, same th- same concept. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't do life alone. Reach out to people. Jessica, how can people get in touch with you? Um, at the website, www.jessicasoperationorange.com. I'll have my email located there. Mm-hmm. You can email me directly. Mm-hmm. And they can hear your whole story. I'm not here. They can read your whole story. They can read how they can get started, how they can get support. And just thank you for coming back again, Jessica. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. As always, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you, and God bless.